Welcome to Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. I'm your host, Tigrila Gardenia, nature-inspired mentor and leadership coach. In this podcast, I share ancient and modern knowledge from biology to spirituality about the wondrous ways in which plants can help you lead a naturally conscious life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. I'm Tigria Gardenia, and today we're going to talk about a subject. Okay, I don't shy away from hard conversations, and this is definitely on my high list of a very hard, hard, hard conversation to have, um, which is why I wanted to bring it to you. It's a conversation we've dabbled in in Reconnect with the Plant Kingdom. We dabble in it in also the Plant Inspired Masterclasses um, because it's a conversation that I think is going to keep going over. It's going to keep coming up and up for you as you um, work through your plant reawakening. It's just inevitable to have this conversation. The conversation, houseplants. Keeping houseplants can sometimes be considered a form of, I've heard it used imprisonment. I've heard slavery. Um, I've heard so many other terms, which I completely understand. And it's a question I get often, like, do I agree or do I disagree? I mean, really we're constraining these beautiful expansive beings to sit in a pot, um, that is of our own size and making it's, um, imposed by humans. It's oftentimes imposed by humans, uh, propagated without any respect oftentimes, when it comes to our food, we'll have discussions about whether or not our food is organic or, but we, which is really only about the conditions in which the food, like how it's being sprayed and things of that nature. But when it comes to animals, we're starting to have conversations about free range versus caged um, and a few other conditions that are about the overall growing up period. So I guess, hold on, let me back up. I'm going to talk about this conversation in a few little, in a few different ways. One perspective is keeping your houseplants and the relationship you have with your houseplants and whether or not that is a human dominated relationship, a plant dominated relationship or something else altogether. Another piece of this conversation that's really important is the beginning of life of that plant and possibly even the end of life of that plant and how those two fit along. And I'm only going to be talking about today just to restrict the conversation a little bit to the idea of houseplants, because when we start getting into landscaping, when we start getting into things like urban environments and nature in the city and everything else, the conversation shifts each one of them with its own conversation and its own um, necessary uh, characteristics that should be addressed individually because there is no one size fits all answer, especially because as we start to move towards the idea of plant personhood, as we start to recognize these beings for everything that they are, it is important, and I will outline it, and I will keep saying it over and over again for us to remember that plants are plants, humans are humans. We have human feelings, plants have plant feelings. We don't always know plant feelings, and we're still really novices at understanding and expressing our own perceptions and, and really being able to tap in and tune in. So to all of you that are plant communicators, 
myself included. I understand that you have a different relationship with your plants than probably most people do. Um, but I hope that you will also find something interesting in this conversation and that we can take this conversation deeper in the naturally conscious community, because I think it's something that needs to come up over and over and over again. Okay. So as I said, let's talk first and foremost about the beginning of life. So in relation to plants, most store-bought plants, no matter how much of a plant lover you are, their lives were pretty shitty. I'm just going to be honest. Like, let's be honest about it. Not only is do we think about the same thing when we come to our food and our produce and, you know, all the different aspects of vegetables and produce that were probably raised in industrial agriculture, there's already at least a conversation that's starting to happen about that kind of industrial uh, agriculture. But when it comes to industrial flower culture, um, yeah, not so much of a conversation that's being held. So therefore, without a conversation, most plants are actually being raised in a way that, you know, it's just a matter of how fast can we make them grow. And as a matter of fact, if you buy your plants at Home Depot or a flower shop or anything, and you don't have a conversation with the grower, um, most likely those plants have been sprayed down with a with these uh, a whole series of different um What's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember. It's like a chemical, but I can't remember exactly what kind of chemical it is right now that enhances the growth. That's the reason why when you go into a flower shop, you will see these beautiful plants with beautiful blooms all the time. It's because they're forced to bloom so that they stand up and they're like, hi, here I am. I'm here. And therefore, when they arrive in your house, this is why many of them deteriorate or look really bad. Now, if you're somebody who cares for plants deeply, you know that after a time they go through a period of looking like absolute crap and um, eventually kind of then growing into something that you, you know, is more like the type of plant that you want to work with. But honestly, if you're a true plant person lover, like somebody who recognizes plants for their independence and their intelligence, I wouldn't recommend that you buy at a general flower shop. If anything, one of the things we did in the last Nurture Your Nature retreat, which is the retreat that I host every year here in Domenher, it's a whole retreat experience. One of the things that we do is go into urban environments and talk about these concepts and plant personhood in the concepts of our urban environment. And in the last one, we actually went to a flower show and we walked and had conversations with each grower to understand the conditions under which that plant is grown. And for example, I bought from two different growers only because you could tell their respect for the plant. One of them had spent years, 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 because she works mainly with succulents, to find the way that these succulents wanted to be watered in the current environment in which they live in, in other words, not in the super extreme heat that they're in. So she spent years working with the plants, listening, responding, trying new techniques that were not about you should grow, but more of how can I provide conditions in which you not only grow, but you thrive enough in order to produce flowers. And this was really beautiful. I had a long, long conversation with this woman because it was so enriching for me to see how she had adapted her own greenhouse and and place and and um way of working to adapt to the plants so that the plants wouldn't be forced to completely adapt to us so i encourage you that if you are going to purchase 
um, that you go to a grower and you actually look at the conditions in which the, the, that grower is working. Are there just rows of plants? Do the plants actually have a say in the matter? Is there any kind of relationship that's not just admiring beauty, like I experienced when I went to the Chelsea Flower Show many years ago, which was horrifying because it was all about the beauty. It was like the the disciplined woman that you, know, you used to put into a corset, tighten her really tight, fill her up with makeup and and like put her out there and she wasn't allowed to have a say in the matter. And that was really what it felt like. It felt like a lot of these plants were just being forced to perform because that's what the human would see as beautiful. As opposed to when you go and you see other growers where the plants look a little strange, they have these weird shapes, they have these different ways of growing because that's the way plants grow naturally. And there's the beauty of understanding that growth. So that's the first stage then there's the stage of when i come home and so the question of constraint uh being separated self-imposed in other words imposed human imposed conditions is it a type of incarceration and the answer is it could be yeah absolutely it could be and that's where your sensitivity really comes in House plants, most house plants, not all, but most house plants have actually been with humans in houses for a long, long time. So there are relationships that build up over time. And so therefore the sensitive plant communicator can enter into a relationship in which you're really listening for what the plant wants. I'll give you an example of somebody who's not a plant communicator, my mother. My mother is not a plant communicator. As a matter of fact, she will tell you that she doesn't hear plants. She doesn't listen to plants. My mother really doesn't even have many plants. She has one plant, a peace lily that I um, did purchase for her for a Mother's Day many, many, many years ago. And this plant lives in her house. And one day when I arrived, I picked the plant up and I moved the plant because I wanted to uh, listen to the plant perform with the music of the plants. And I moved the plant. My mother came down the stairs and saw the plant moved and freaked out. I was so shocked. She just looked at me. She's like, why did you move my plant? I was like, what do you mean? Why did I move the plant? She's like, why did you move the plant? The plant likes being there. That is the perfect conditions for this plant. That is the place where the plant is happiest. That is the plant place where the plant wants to be. And in the conversation that ensued with my mother, who is again, ignorant, ignorant by her own choices of all things plant communication, it was obvious that my mother had conversed with this plant, had over the years listen to the plant when the plant had said to her, I want a new vase, I want to move because the plant originally arrived in water, eventually we moved the plant to dirt, and is in a very sunny window in a very interesting location, especially because right on the other side of that window where that plant is, is the same type of plant, in other words, a, a peace lily, but that lives outdoors. And the ones my mother has are indoors. And she does not even consider the idea of taking the one, even if she knows they're perfectly the same species, she has very different relationships with these two plants. The plants outdoors are kind of to a certain extent, ornamental. And while she does care for the livelihood of that plant, it's not the same relationship as the one she has with the plant indoors. The plant indoors is her friend. It is her partner. It is someone she listens to. She would never use those words. But when you hear her, you know that that's the case. And I think that that's the relationship that we're trying to move towards, which is when do we ask the plant, is it okay for you to come home with me? Is this the kind of life that you want to be living? And where is it that you want to live? Like I have many different plants in my house. 
none of which have been, well, that's not true. There's one that's been pot, bought in a store. Everything else was a rescue. People that had abandoned these plants in different places. And I swooped in because I just could not fathom the idea of the plant. I do not purposely propagate my plants unless I hear a very strong call. For example, I have a, a Noel, the cactus, um, the, the Christmas cactus, who had a piece that broke off and I heard a very strong um, kind of plea from Noel to please plant this extra piece. Or I have two uh, aloe plants, Jaina and Zan, who have been with us from the one of the operations type things that I do here at Domenher with our with what's called the Means or the Medzi, and the that plant has been with us on many different spaceship flights over the years, and so that plant asked to propag to be propagated for all the little babies that were coming up to be sent home with the different people that are a part of this group. And one of them here asked me to create a third that was sort of like bringing together Jaina and Zen in a way that um, I can't even explain because it's, it's one of those incomprehensible things. So Jaina and Zan for me are plants that actually could get very big and I have to be very cautious because I don't have the space and at the same time I'm also right now just transplanted Jaina into a different pot because even though it's a pot that's too heavy for me probably a little bit too big for me but it's what Jaina wanted it's what Jaina needed it is the difference between that relationship of constraint and of me imposing and me listening to what the plant actually really wants. That being said, I can't say I'm perfect. Okay. I'm going to be really honest. There's a few plants in my house that are not doing so well because I'm not a houseplant person. I'm a, I'm a like Gary, this, the silver fur that's outside the window that I have like this big relationship with. I'm much more about that kind of relationship with plants, but because these plants were all rescues, these plants were all plants that have to a certain extent called I'm working and it's a work. It's a work in progress. It is not something that just exists. I am working on trying to understand what is a good life for a potted plant. Just the same as I would do when I had a cat. Like the cat, when I, the last time I moved, my cat, which is not really my cat, the cat I was sharing my house with, decided this place was not for him. He was not happy here. And after a few months of me trying to get him to adjust, at one point, he ran back to our old house. And I went straight back to the old house and said, can he please live here? Luckily, it's a nucleo. There's lots of people that live there. So it wasn't a problem. But the point being is, I was not willing to constrain that cat to live inside of the conditions that I had chosen for myself. And therefore, I had to let him go. And as much as I miss him, I do that. And the same thing goes with my houseplants. I had a very dear plant to me that actually reached an end of life. And I feel very guilty because I know that the end of life was because of the exact same thing that the cat experienced. When I moved into the place that I'm in, the conditions for that plant were not the same. They were not the right conditions for the plant. And because I was so attached to the plant, my attachment to the plants, I actually caused the death of this plant. And let me tell you something, I actually still have like the plant outside. I'm kind of looking in the direction because it's a reminder to me that that is not fair to the plant. That is not how I would treat, that's not how I treated the cat. 
the cat I was willingly looking for the right conditions for the cat, which happened to me in my old home. And I should have done the same for the plant. I should have called my old house and I should have said, hey, this plant was thriving in the conditions in which the, the kin was living. Is it okay if I put key back, if I take key back there and key creates a new relationship with another person? And I didn't do that. And I'm paying for that emotionally. It's a lesson that I learned. So when it comes to the idea of is keeping houseplants really an imprisonment or a slavery? The answer is absolutely yes. When I try to constrain the plants to that kind of living. I have liberated bonsais before. I have friends that have bonsais. There's lots of different aspects of this relationship. We cannot put a blanket term on it because just the same as some of us uh, voluntarily give up some of our liberties in order to be in a relationship or in a certain kind of job and we're happy about it, I really do believe from my relationship with different plants that some plants actually do that too. They want, he can want to be in that relationship with humans and therefore they create those relationships, but not all of them. And those that don't, it is our responsibility. I feel like if we are truly gonna step into plant personhood and we're gonna recognize plants for their full essence and their full agency, it is up to us to, to, to enter into that relationship and ask the plant. I have a plant right now in my bathroom, an orchid, beautiful orchid, in a position that is ridiculously uncomfortable for me. In order for me to go to the bathroom, I have to wiggle uh, to a certain extent around this plant. But every time I have tried to move the plant, the plant has been adamant. I really like it here. I am very happy here. And unless you have a conditions that are similar to this, please leave me here. And so that's what I've done. So these are the types of conversations that I really want to get into deeper. I'm doing live commentary in the Naturally Conscious community every week, and we're talking about papers and articles that really touch on these subjects, plant personhood, plant humanities, plant intelligence, plant neurobiology, plant cognition. What do all of these terms mean? And how does recognizing this in another being, specifically a plant, change the relationship I have with that plant and ultimately the relationship I have with myself. So I really hope you will join us in the Naturally Conscious Communities for we can have these conversations together because they're not easy. They really do change the relationship you have with the plant world as well as you have with your own environment. My environment is not my own. This is not my apartment. This is not my home. This is our home. And just the same as I would take into consideration the needs of any other human that lived here, I also take into consideration the needs of every single one of the plants that live here to the best of my ability, recognizing that I'm not perfect at reading and understanding everything the plants need. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to have catastrophic mistakes that I suffer through. Actually, there's two of them out there that I'm, I'm still working through. And I am going to always treat myself and them with as much respect as I can and as much care and, um, and just empathy to try to say, I'm doing the best I can and I'm always open to learning more. So I hope you've enjoyed this, this episode. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. And I look forward to having more of these type of conversations in the Naturally Conscious community. I'll see you there. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. Intro and outro music by Steve Shuley and Poinsettia from The Singing Life of Plants. So join me, Tigrila Gardenia, and my plant collaborators next time on Reconnect with Plant Wisdom.